Section 1 of the National Geographic Magazine, Volume 9, December 1898. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. The Five Civilized Tribes in the Survey of Indian Territory by C. H. Fitch topographer u s geological survey in charge of indian territory surveys mr henry gannett chief geographer of the u s geological survey presented to the readers of the national geographic magazine in march eighteen ninety six an article on the survey in subdivision of indian territory and the progress made in the survey up to the time of writing now that the survey has been completed a summary of the work with some remarks upon the present condition of affairs in the territory may be of interest an impression prevails among many eastern people that indian territory is in the cherokee strip or is at least a part of oklahoma or somewhere in the remote west and yet apparently much interest is being shown at this time in the condition of affairs in the country occupied by the five civilized tribes Indian territory lies between latitude 30 degrees 30 minutes and 37 north and longitude 94 degrees 30 minutes and 98 degrees west. The lands held by the five civilized tribes comprise nearly all the territory and cover an area of about 31,000 square miles. This territory, as well as that of Oklahoma, was originally granted to certain tribes in exchange for lands east of the Mississippi which were demanded for settlement by whites the five civilized tribes consist of the cherokee chickasaw choctaw creek and seminole nations and they have been occupants of these lands since eighteen thirty three when the removal from the southeastern states was effected these indians are self-sustaining but large sums of money have been paid to them from time to time for lands purchased and large sums are still held in trust for them by the general government each tribe or nation has an organized government on the general plan of the states and they elect legislators to enact laws and governors judges and other officials to enforce them they are law-abiding but the full bloods are unprogressive and most of them are opposed to any change in their tribal government by law they are allowed to become citizens of the united states but they have failed to avail themselves of this privilege there are about fifty thousand indians in the five civilized tribes and about eighteen thousand negroes who are indian citizens a large number of the indians are quarter and half-breeds and among them are many intelligent and educated men to them and to the white men who have gained a foothold whatever progress has been made is due the white or non-citizen population is variously estimated at from two hundred fifty thousand to three hundred fifty thousand outnumbering the citizens by at least four to one there is a united states agent for the five civilized tribes located at the union agency muskogee in the creek nation all business of the indians with the department of the interior is conducted through this agent he has under his control the indian police force numbering some forty men there are three united states judicial districts and four judges who together constitute the u s court of appeals the jurisdiction of these courts was at first limited to civil cases 
the criminal business relating to non-citizens being tried in certain u s courts in arkansas and texas but the courts of these states have at present no jurisdiction within the territory a united states statute prohibits the introduction into the territory of any kind of intoxicating liquor but the law is continually being violated and at least one half of all indictments are against whiskey peddlers for introducing there is a general impression that the indian territory is an extensive prairie with very little timber within its limits on the contrary the major portion of the country is rugged and mountainous covered with forests which are principally oak there are also some large forests of yellow pine mainly in the southeastern section of the choctaw nation in the same nation there is much black walnut timber some of which is being shipped out of the territory from the Tallahina on the line of the frisco road in the choctaw nation cedar is being shipped abroad for the manufacture of lead pencils in many localities sawmills are engaged in cutting pine along the valleys of the arkansas north fork canadian grand and verdigris rivers the soil is extremely rich and fertile producing good crops of cotton oats wheat etc elsewhere the soil is diversified ranging from good rich prairie land to stony hillsides and a large proportion is practically worthless for agricultural purposes on the rolling prairies in the cherokee chickasaw and small portions of the choctaw nations a large quantity of wild hay is annually cut for the purpose of winter feeding to the cattle which range over these prairies great herds of cattle are brought from texas to fatten before final shipment to market and immense pastures are fenced in for their use some stock including horses mules sheep and hogs is raised in the territory but no particular attention is paid to improving the breeds the hogs are of the razorback variety and roam the woods half wild in search of food the indians live upon very little fresh pork and a small quantity of corn raised for the preparation of safki seem to be about all that many of them have the woods may be full of deer turkeys and smaller game but their existence is apparently ignored the carboniferous coal measures of indian territory probably underlie the eastern half of the territory together with the western portion of the creek country the only development of coal that has been made is along the lines of the missouri kansas and texas and the choctaw oklahoma and gulf railroads the coal so far developed is excellent for the production of steam gas and coke the report of the u s mine inspector for indian territory shows that the output of coal for the year ending december thirty first eighteen ninety seven was one million three hundred thirty four thousand seven hundred ninety five tons and the number of men employed in the mines three thousand four hundred eleven a considerable part of the revenue of the choctaw nation in which these mines are situated is derived from the coal leases the several governments of the five civilized tribes derive an income from leased lands licenses and permits to non-citizens all lands are held in common and no indian can be taxed for the land he occupies no attention is paid to the improvement of roads and there are no public bridges or ferries numerous towns some of them of considerable size and importance have sprung up along the seven railroad lines within the territory but they are without legal existence and have no recognized town or city government 
they are without proper officers to enforce laws have no water supply or fire departments sidewalks or other street improvements no schools except private ones and no systems of drainage or sewerage the title to town lots if title it can be called does not allow the purchaser to build a house and rent it he must either sell or occupy for if vacant it is liable to be jumped only the indian citizens have the privilege of renting houses and lots the question of the allotment of lands in severalty to the five civilized tribes and the enactment of a town site law has been agitated for several years a commission composed of five members commonly known as the dawes commission was authorized by congress and has for a number of years been endeavoring to treat with the indians with such allotment in view but the indians are slow to think and slow to act and have persistently opposed any change in their tribal relations recently however some progress has been made in this direction and agreements have been prepared and signed by representatives of certain of the tribes and the dawes commission the bill providing for the protection of the people of the indian territory commonly called the curtis bill has recently become a law its most important provisions are for the allotment of lands and severalty to the indians of the five civilized tribes and for the laying out of towns leasing of coal lands etc to allot the lands there must of necessity be a subdivisional survey the only survey that had ever been made was that of several outboundaries of the nations and the subdivision of the chickasaw nation accomplished about twenty-five years ago under the provisions of an act of congress approved march second eighteen ninety five an appropriation of two hundred thousand dollars was made for the survey and subdivision of lands in the indian territory under the rectangular system the act referred to provided further that the secretary of the interior might at his discretion place the work under the supervision of the director of the u s geological survey usually surveys under the rectangular system are executed under contracts let by the surveyor general for the district in which the surveys are to be made where there is no surveyor general as in this case the contracts are awarded by the commissioner of the general land office with the approval of the secretary of the interior the contracts are let to stipulated rates per linear mile as fixed by law the secretary of the interior decided under the authority granted by congress to place the work of the subdivisions of the territory in charge of the director of the geological survey and a plan of operations was drawn up by the latter officer and approved by the secretary march twenty first eighteen ninety five immediate steps were taken to begin the work and in april first the first parties were in the field the force was increased as rapidly as was consistent with economy until two parties were engaged in establishing the standard meridians and parallels at intervals of twenty-four miles six parties were engaged in running township exteriors within the blocks bounded by standard lines and four parties each consisting of two camps with two surveyors or transit men in each camp were engaged upon the subdivision of townships each of the subdivision parties were placed under the control of a topographer of the permanent force of the geological survey whose duty consisted in the inspection of the work of the land survey and the preparation of the topographic maps 
with the commencement of the surveys in the chickasaw nation the force was further increased the field work has been practically continuous having been prosecuted throughout the heat of summer and the cold and storms of winter an additional appropriation of two hundred thousand dollars was made by congress in june eighteen ninety six and in june eighteen ninety seven a further sum of one hundred thousand dollars was appropriated at the same time an appropriation of one hundred forty one thousand five hundred dollars was made for the survey of the chickasaw nation in january eighteen ninety eight a further amount of thirty thousand dollars was appropriated to complete the survey of indian territory the last appropriation was rendered necessary by the discontinuance of the survey in the spring of eighteen ninety seven owing to lack of funds and the reorganization and the long distances to be travelled after the appropriation was passed in june eighteen ninety seven under the provisions of the appropriation act of june nineteen ninety six an iron post was required to be set at each township corner these monuments are four inches in diameter four feet long and are set three feet in the ground they have been placed at every township corner including those established by the surveys executed prior to the enactment of the law in addition to the usual marks referring to township range and section the elevation above sea level is marked upon the brass cap of such posts the elevations are determined by means of spirit levels prior to beginning the work upon the township lines double lines of levels were run over the tracks of the railroads traversing the country with frequent bitch marks as checks to township lines crossing them the datum point for the level work is a bench mark established at fort smith arkansas by the u s coast and geodetic survey a system of triangulation has been carried over the areas surveyed the base for which was measured near savannah on the line of the missouri kansas and texas railroad in the choctaw nation this triangulation is a basis for the topographic survey and a means of checking and correcting errors and will assist in the recovery of missing corners should they become lost or disappear in after years the topographers in charge of subdivision parties with the aid of assistance have mapped the topography of the areas subdivided they first plotted upon the field sheets the objects noted by the surveyor including the crossing of streams roads base and summits of hills ridges or mountains the elevations of the exterior lines were furnished by the level men and additional elevations were attained by means of vertical angles run through the interior of the township checked upon the levels the progress made in the survey of the indian territory to the end of june eighteen ninety eight when the field work was completed is shown by the report submitted to the director of the geological survey as appears from these reports one hundred thirty eight triangulation stations have been established from all of which angles have been observed in the land survey sixty three thousand eight hundred eighty one miles have been run as follows standard lines two thousand four hundred ninety one miles exterior lines seven thousand seven hundred seventy seven miles subdivision lines fifty thousand nine hundred thirty one miles meander lines two thousand one hundred forty nine miles and boundary lines established five hundred thirty three miles in addition level lines have been run as follows railroad levels one thousand six hundred thirteen miles 
other level lines 7,690 miles. Vertical angles have been run over 8,595 miles. The total mileage of the land survey, level and vertical angle lines, since the beginning of the work is 81,778. The geological survey has not only executed the land or subdivision survey of the area, but has in addition carried on the triangulation, the topographic survey, including many miles of spirit level lines, and has also set the iron posts or benchmarks, a labor not required of contractors, and all this has been done at a great saving to the government from the amount which it would have cost under the contract system. There has been some trouble occasioned by the destruction of corners and bearing trees by Indians, but warnings from the Indian agent and from the several Indian governors abated this annoyance. No interference has been attempted by Indians with the surveyors in the field. During the late summer and early fall months of the several seasons, malarial fevers have been prevalent among the men, and at times have seriously interfered with the work. The summer of 1896 was remarkable for its intense heat, and the hottest part of the United States seemed to be that section included in the Indian Territory. Only one death from sunstroke occurred, however, and as a rule the health of the different parties and the immunity from accident of the three hundred or more men employed have been remarkable the headquarters camp and office were located at south mcallister in the choctaw nation until june eighteen ninety seven when for convenience they were transferred to denison texas near the border of the chickasaw nation the work of preparing transcripts of field notes township plats and topographic maps has progressed rapidly, but some of the office work still remains to be completed. End of section one.